Good evening, and welcome once more to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, some only one episode. For our first month, we will be exhuming the weirdest and worst of reality TV. This week, imagine, if you will, a beautiful English manor. Thirteen guests arrive. One is murdered. The questioner in everyone's mind? Who done it? With me, as always, Noah Houlihan. You know, thought you created a good show that would go under the radar, but the last moment you wussed out because of a little bit of backlash. I know you're the killer, ABC Network. Who done it? Ran uh, nine gloriously campy episodes in 2013. Uh, it was a summer replacement show. It ran June through August. And uh, the setup was, as I said in the creepy voice intro, uh, there's an English manor. 13 people are invited. Uh, there's a loud noise. 12 of them come down to find the 13th brutally murdered. Brutally murdered. And it is up to the guests to discover how such evil crimes have been committed and ultimately figure out who done, done it. it. And our guide through this twisted game in this cursed manner is the butler, Giles. My name is Giles. And I have been the butler for this cursed estate for only a few weeks now. Although I have never met my current employer, it has been made painfully clear that I must follow murderous orders or my life might be at stake, as well as our guests. In a few moments, 13 strangers will be arriving here to play a game. But what they don't know is the game is murder. Who is he is amazing. He's he plays our host, but he is also a character within himself uh, in this world. And they go all in on this show, which yeah. I think is great. And he is the butler. He shows in the second episode. He shows that he has an ankle bracelet and cannot leave the manor. Yes. So the basic plot is that it is Giles' job, under the contract of whoever this killer may be, to invite these people here. And play this game. And the game is a murder will happen. It is up to the guests to discover who, or rather how, the murder was committed. And whoever then gives the worst account of how the murder was committed becomes the next victim. And this will continue until there's only one person left. Until there's only two people left. And then you will find out who is the killer and who, excuse me, who is the winner yes. and who is the sinner. The sinner, yes. And the winner will walk away with a quarter of a million dollars. Because uh, this show was too expensive to produce to give the winner a whole million. Yes. 
I also think that when it comes to these reality shows, they kind of pay you for your time. Who done it is over a couple days, while Survivor, you're on an island for over a month. That's worth a million. Well, to be fair, this did take 35 days to shoot. It did take 35 days to shoot. So uh, the winner did a Reddit AMA, and he uh, talked about how they shot each episode over two days. The first day was the investigation. The second day was the... um, Each contestant would go in and give a testimony to who they thought did it and how they thought it happened, etc. And the elimination. And then the third day they were in a hotel because they'd have to reset the house. That makes sense. Because there's a lot of of props and settings and things that need to be... Yeah, there's a lot happening uh, the murderers are the murders are all very Rube Goldbergian. Uh, Agatha Christie, um, Agatha Christie is very much an inspiration for this series, and it's very mm-hmm. obvious to the point where uh, Saint Agatha is. There is a a plot point that Saint Agatha is the patron saint of protection of fire. Mm-hmm. She's not. Oh, uh, it's a nod to Agatha Christie. Oh, interesting. Because the whole thing is, and then we, there were none. Yes, gotcha. So let's let's go through this uh, episode by episode. Because uh, we want to talk about all these murders. Yeah, each each episode deserves a little bit of discussion. So we open with these thirteen people meeting each other, having a wonderful little the little cocktail g- reception. Cocktails, they all yes. have every reality show that takes place in a house always starts with that little cocktail reception. And the contestants know that they are going to be doing some sort of puzzle reality show. I think they know it's a mystery. Yes, that's that's really all that, that they're told. And then they go upstairs and... Well, first off, they all immediately start lying to each other. Uh, because Ronnie is a bounty hunter and says that he's in frozen foods. And everyone buys it. And Don says that he is a football coach, but he's really an ex-cop. And, and nobody buys everyone it. immediately is like, but you're a cop. Like, he's like... I'm an ex-football coach. And then there's three different confessionals Mm. that essentially boil down to, yo, he a cop. To be honest, he did open with, hello, fellow children. Would I, can I buy marijuana from any one of you? (laughs) Hello, fellow youths. (laughs) Uh, But there's a, now, a lot of them are law enforcement related. There is a lawyer. There is a journalist. There's actually a couple of lawyers, I think. There's an engineer. There's a Homeland Security attorney. Yeah. Uh, there's a young woman who immediately off the bat says her father was a police officer. Yes. Um, one of the characters, Don, one of the characters, one of the people, Dante, is an insurance investigator. Yeah, so he would he would know his way around a crime scene as well. And then there's a cheerleader, a flight attendant, and a bar trivia guy. Yeah, so he knows puzzles. So... Uh, they all go upstairs, but one of them, the cheerleader, uh, breaks a glass. She drops a glass. And she is then punished. When they come downstairs, they find her sitting in a pool of blood and a pool of water because she the fish tank had crashed, which is being electrified. Yeah, like a, there was also like a broken lamp with frayed mm-hmm. electrical cords. So she and some very obviously fake fish... Are yes. flopping around. Flopping around. Like, very obviously fake fish. So that's when Giles tells the now 12 uh, remaining members that 
this is a game, and they need to solve the... They need to solve Sherry's murder. Solve the murder. And this is the first segment of the show that they always do where they split them up. Here are the rules. Following each murder, I will grant you the opportunity to investigate one and only one of the following areas. The crime scene. The victim's last known whereabouts. Or the morgue, where you can examine the corpse in a more private setting. Take a moment to decide which of the three areas you wish to investigate. People kind of split up and need to figure out what they're going to do. And in this case, it seems that the most valuable place to be was the morgue. Yes. Because the morgue, they actually investigate the bodies. And I believe you've done some research on this. It was my assumption that they were body doubles. No. No, they weren't. No, they were... It was really them. It was really them just playing dead. Yes. Um, there is a beautiful gif. If you go to our whodunit and hit top, top one of all time, where uh, two of the female contestants lift up a male contestant's sheet mm-hmm. and then look at each other and giggle. <laughs> and it's... Or they look at each other and recoil in surprise and giggle in, like, yeah. fear surprise. Yeah. It's because they found a gunshot wound. But it looks like it's because they're looking at his junk. Yeah. And it's very funny. Yes, it is. Um, there were two cases where uh, the corpses broke. Oh, really? Uh, one female contestant, who we'll get to later, uh, got permission to scare the two men doing the autopsy. She asked the producers very nicely. Mm-hmm. And when they were done shooting it, she got up and went, <laughs> and uh, Cam said that he and Ronnie, quote, screamed like little girls. Awesome. Uh, so they go to the morgue and they discover, when apparently investigating their actual body, yes, uh, that there is a silver ball in the back of her neck. And they think it's a bone at first. They think it's a bone at first and then they also think like possible pistol. Right. And they find... They think it's a musket round. They think it's a musket round, but they find that there's no scorch marks, so it's probably not electrocution as a cause of death. And there's, like, some blood on her head, but not enough for the gash to be enough when she hit her head on the fish tank. Yeah, one character is a nurse. Yes. And uh, here, once again, Don does a horrible job of convincing people he's not a cop and is like... That's directly that under her head. Back. That's the back of her head. Yeah, that came yeah. out of the back. Which, the first thing you think is that she got hit. Got hit. She goes slamming into the into the fish tank, and it's indicative of her falling here and then bleeding out this way. Said the ex-cop. I'm investigating the scene, and I'm using the lingo of a cop. The ex-cop. Okay, coach. I'm telling myself, shut up. You know, you're just ruining this. Who would be that pissed off that would whack this chick because she spilled her champagne? No coach talks about that. Up top, Don. Ex-cop. Yay! My man. Ex-cop. Not... My dad was a cop. (laughs) Detective. (laughs) Yeah, and there's a a great moment where um, Giles is reading the first letter to them as a group. Mm -hmm. And he goes, hello, mortals. And one of the contestants shoots back, greetings, sociopath. (laughs) And it's just a good moment. moment. That is a fun moment. Uh, meanwhile, the people, uh, up in the 
last known whereabouts uh, discover a forced entry into a room. Mm -hmm. And one of the the coolest things, I think, is uh, there's some steam on the mirror Mm -hmm. and the shower is on. Yeah. And they can see part of a message. So they get the idea to use a steamer to re-steam the window or the the mirror. And they find a message that says, if you want to live, go to the fish tank. Yeah, and I want to point out, it's the bar trivia guy. It's not the guy who has, like, experience in law enforcement. It was Gino, right? Yes, Gino was the bar trivia guy. Uh, And I actually have in my notes, oh, that's why the bar trivia guy is here. Yeah. He ends up being a very smart, strong player. Yes, because he can solve puzzles out of nowhere. Uh, So... Uh, I have such random quotes here written down. mm -hmm. Like, I have the quote, Did I mention we have finger sandwiches? Giles is a great character, and I cannot overstate that. Yes, he is. Uh, so once they all go to these uh, these locations, they all get a moment to, like, reconvene. Yes. And this is before people really understand the game. Right, and no one's kind of broken into factions yet. So, like, everyone's a little unsure of, like, how to play this game, and they're kind of all open with the inv- the information they find. Minus a few people are like, oh, let's lie, and we'll be team who went to the morgue. Not realizing that that's how they should make tor- teams. The team should be people that went elsewhere. Right. And uh, they all don't like Adriana. Yes, and they all find this one woman, Adriana, to be unbelievably annoying. I keep thinking about Kelly from Mad Madhouse when I think of Adriana. Because it's that similar, like, yeah. everyone hates her immediately. Yeah, Adriana, I feel like, is a considerably more sympathetic person than Kelly. She's much less antagonistic and annoying. Yeah, she's annoying, but she's not the worst thing ever. Uh, So, after they reconvene, then they have this other segment that they do every episode known as The Riddle. And The Riddle involves them running around the house, solving these weird clues that would eventually lead to some major piece of evidence. Uh, in this case, they're all given a key, which has which leads to a Bible verse yes. because it has a like scripture number and two crowns on it, which is like, oh, it's Kings two. Yes, uh, which leads them to uh, look out a window and they realize that one of the window panes is gone. Mm-hmm. And there's a code scratched into the sill. Yes, and they then run out to a trunk. To discover inside is the crowbar used to uh, break into Sherry's Sherry's room room, and the murder weapon, which is a slingshot. Murder went full Bart Simpson. Yeah, went full Bart Simpson here. Uh, So after the riddle, they then have this moment known as state your case, Mm -hmm. which is where they go into this room alone and kind of state how they believe the uh, murder went down. Yes. And since only a select number of people went to the morgue and actually saw the ball, some people don't really think that that's true or were not given that information. Right. Also, only the people that were like running towards this uh, crate and opened it saw the slingshot. So not everyone's privy to the slingshot. So there are some people saying Adriana was... uh, Shot with a slingshot. Sherry. Sherry, I'm sorry. Sherry was shot with a slingshot. Some were saying she was shot with a pistol. Some were saying she was pushed into the fish tank. And Dante says she drowns. Says she drowns in the fish tank. 
And what's great about that is he reveals this theory to a few of his quote-unquote friends, teammates, and they all say to him, that's not what happened. That's 100% not what happened. And he's like, eh, I'm going to go with it anyway. Uh, which leads us to the, the elimination ceremony of this show, which is weird. Uh, they all go to a dinner. And now that they're at the dinner, this seems to me like a lot of producer interference. Right. They're like, okay, now that you've stated your case, reveal everything you know to each other. And I guess it's also there's no risk in telling everyone mm-hmm. what you knew. Because, like... There, there is, though. Because there's a risk of... Of now you're revealing the fact that you kept things from people. Right. I think there's also a little bit of naivete in this first episode. Because, like, mm-hmm. factions haven't fully formed yet. Um, and Giles comes in and does Giles things. and Well, let's explain what those Giles things are. because I'm, I'm about to. Okay. Uh, the first thing he does is congr- the f- congratulate the person who has the best theory. Yes. And that goes to a TV journalist named Sasha. Or... Yes, a reporter named Sasha. Yes. Um, and then everyone else receives an envelope with a card in it to mm. tell them about their fate. And out of the 12 people, there are 11 cards. Nine of them say spared in black writing. Yes. Two of them say scared and have a crappy scream sound effect put in under it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Inconsistently. Yeah, sometimes it's not there, which is a bummer. So, in this case, uh, Don, the lying ex-cop, and uh, Dante, the guy who thought she drowned, get the scared cards. And those are the two who are up for elimination. Yes. And uh, basically, it means that at some point, the killer will come for them. And we get these... Will come for one of them. Well, yeah, for one of them. And we get these very silly scenes. Very obvious staged scenes. Where they're in the room, like, trying to go to bed, but they're, like, checking locks over and over again. And, like, trying to make sure they're safe with the cameraman that's in the room with them. (laughs) And, like, it's cheesy. I mean, I know it's fun, but, like... Before they go to bed, uh, Giles makes it a point to announce that they've been issued pajamas. And now I must bid you all adieu. I'm sure you're all looking forward to a good night's rest. We have provided estate pajamas and plush socks for your comfort. Oh, thank you. In the morning, a pajama brunch will be held. Yes! Are you kidding? (laughs) But the pajamas are actually important. Because I remember at that moment I looked at you and I was like, I really hope I don't die, there's a pajama brunch. Yeah, there's a couple moments where my notes become, this is the greatest show of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Pajama Brunch and Did I Mention We Have Finger Sandwiches were two of them. Uh, Don just starts drinking. Dante's yeah. paranoid and Don just keeps drinking. Which is what I would do. <laughs> it's just like, alright, getting liquored up, let's do this. Uh, so, at four in the morning, we then... 4.38am. Uh, 4.38am. The fire alarm goes off. And everybody runs outside. In their cute matching jammies. In their new jammies. And two people are missing. Guess who? And Giles is doing a roll call. And all of a sudden they realize that Don is missing. Yes. And Dante's missing. It's like, oh no. Something clearly happened to one of these. And then there's a reveal. Oh, Don's okay. 
it's clear that like there's a producer holding Don back and yeah. then going now. Yes. Yeah, so then Don walks out and they're like, "Oh, Don's okay." Well, then where's Dante? A man comes down the stairs very clearly on fire. Everyone screams, the man jumps in the pool and succumbs to his burns there. Yes. And that is how the eliminations work. Is when you're eliminated... You are brutally murdered. You are brutally murdered and then you know that next time, that's the murder they have to solve. Right. And there's a bit of an element when I'm watching this the first time of thinking, well, he got lit on fire. What are they going to have to solve? But it turns out there's a lot more to it. Because they're all very uh, Rube Goldbergian. Uh, so that ends the first episode. And after every episode, Laura and I had a discussion about who done it. Uh, and at this point, who were your choices? Uh, both of us agreed that we thought it was probably Don. And I also thought it could be Dana, who is the cardiac nurse. Who, in the first half of my notes, I refer to as the higher the hair, the closer to God. Because she had a real big hair. Yes, yes. And uh, Lindsay, who's a preacher's daughter. Because that's such a trope. Yes. Uh, I went with Don because I had watched... This is the same uh, company, El de Mole, I believe it's something like that. Mm -hmm. That makes The Mole. So I'm looking at this from very much a The Mole uh, point of view. And I go with Don. Donald the Murderer. Because... Donald the Vampire. No, nah, well, yeah. But uh, because the first thing they show him do is lie. Right. And I was like, okay, they establish him first as a liar. That makes sense that he'll end up being the murderer. And then I also threw some shade at, at Ulysses. Because Ulysses also lied about the case. He was, like, playing games. and Ulysses is the yeah. first person we see betray someone. He betrays yeah. Dante. And I was like, maybe this is... The killer kind of trying to teach people, hey, this is how you have to play. Yeah. So those were my choices, but I was pretty sure it was Don. And also Don not... comes out last? Yeah. So we're like, well, Don had to go like wash his hands after setting a dude on fire. Yeah, we thought that might be a clue. I thought you didn't think it was Don the first episode. No, I did because we. I said, like, why is he lying? Okay. I have in my notes, both of us think it's Don. But okay. we also wanted to name other people because we thought it was Don. Um, so they bookend each episode with the murder. You see it at the end of one episode, and then you see it at the be- It opens the next episode. Yes. So the next episode, the first five minutes, are essentially the last five minutes of the previous episode. Yes. And when you die, you're shot with a different camera. <laughs> like, you, the, it looks different. Yeah, it's a little more cinematic. So uh, the next episode begins with them uh, investigating this new crime. And what I thought was fun was, as we are starting and watching it, I giggle to myself and I look at Lara and go, Ha! Dante's Inferno. Uh, which will be important later. Uh, so then, uh, they, they kind of introduce this other weird mechanic of the show. Which is the Twitter feed. Well, oh yeah, talk about the Twitter feed. I was going to say something else, but the Twitter oh, feed's important. Because uh, the whodunit killer tweets during the show mm-hmm. and he'll tweet things uh such as who picked whom to be the killer uh when everyone's icing adriana out in the pilot um the whodunit killer tweets huh no one trusts adriana yeah and tweets that like adriana ronnie and ulysses need to do better next time because they'd all had dante pegged as the killer right right which was a really fun like kind of interactive thing which, had we been watching live, I'm sure I would have 
adored. Yeah. What ends up happening with this is there's one specific moment that I wanted to talk about is they go to the the previous known whereabouts when they split up into teams. Right. And they find that there's a scorch mark right on the door frame. Mm-hmm. And they find that it looks like Dante has different pajamas. Mm-hmm. But they also find this box. And the box is empty, but it says something about uh, there being a, a saint to protect you from fire. Yes. So then when the people go to the crime scene in the pool... They're pulling things out of the pool, and uh, I believe Cam dives into the pool and finds the pendant. Yes. Which I was like, okay, this is a cool little, like, uh, mechanic in that if you're at the crime scene, you know that you found this. Right. But it's something you can very easily lie about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a pendant, whatever. What you don't know is that the people in the last known whereabouts know there's a pendant, but don't know what it says. Right. So now you have to, you can easily catch someone in a lie without them realizing that's what you're doing. So I was like, this is very well done. There's a lot of little things you can omit. Mm. Yes. And claim you didn't see or claim you didn't know. So this is where the lying starts because they lie about which saint it is. They say it's Saint... Agnes, when it's Saint Agatha. Agatha, to the point where they forget... Yes. And while I think this is interesting, this does bring up a small problem I have in the show. Mm-hmm. In that this is clearly something that when you're stating your case, they are grading you on. Right. But in the end, other than the fact that it was something the killer gave him, it played no role in the crime. Right. So I was just kind of like, well, if you're really solving a crime and you were like, hey... <laughs> You didn't say he was wearing a necklace. Yeah. <laughs> like, could you imagine in court, like, if you stated that case, and he was like, yeah, but you didn't mention the necklace he was wearing. You are free to go, sir. Yeah. I mean, it's that's one of the uh, multiple clues, like, one of the multiple issues with the way these crimes are built. Um, like, I understand it's a game. It's a small nitpick that I had. Right. And, um... We're starting to see factions form. Yes, this is the birth of Team Cam. Yeah. And Team Cam is Cam, Chris, Ulysses, Gino at first. And Yeah, Gino. And th- th- they are the four. Yeah. Uh, but they slowly uh, start to not trust Gino because Gino starts to kind of get information from the other side. Uh, and it's important that at this time they, they kind of realize you need a team of three mm-hmm. because you need to be able to all go to a different location, a different location and then together create this uh, th- this story. Which immediately, like once I realized that, I was like, oh my god, I super want to play this game. Yeah. Because we're playing the game at home, but we're playing the game at home where we get to see everything. Right. Like the idea of like, ooh... I would only get to see one thing. I would have specific questions and try to get them out of people. Is such an interesting concept. And that will come into play later in the show. Yeah. So, we're already like 28 minutes. Yeah, we're going to we're going to fly through the other uh episodes a little bit quicker cuz we yeah. had to establish how the show works. So, uh when they go into uh do their state the case, uh 
people are screwed up on the amulet and things like that. Uh, a few people believe that he drowned and he didn't burn to death. Yes. Which uh, kind of hurts their case a little bit. Yes. Uh, and in the state, the case, after, like, we got halfway through this episode and I was like, why has no one said Dante's Inferno yet? Yes. And then finally, uh, Don makes the joke in his state the case, and I clapped. Yes. Uh, Good job, Don. And then, I don't I don't know if we mentioned this, but when they do the spared, scared thing, mm-hmm. the killer also leaves a note explaining exactly how he did it. Yeah, and the, which we watch in, like, yes. CSI recreation fashion. Yes. You knew my homage to Dante's Inferno was going to be a classic. It writes itself. Before he went to bed, Dante got all warm and snuggly in my flammable flannel pajamas, doused in high levels of odorless benzene. He even made sure his footsies were nice and toasty by putting on my special socks. Different from the ones you were all wearing. And just before he went, night-night, he found the little gift I left for him, a necklace from St. Agatha. The note read, patron saint, protector from fire, sleep well. He slept well, all right. Until I set off the fire alarm. That's when Dante leapt out of bed, ran across the shag carpet in his special socks, and gathered up enough static electricity to set himself ablaze. The second he lay finger on the metal doorknob, a measly spark turned into a raging fire. But where the crime finished is what made the biggest splash. Dante ran down the stairs, through the house, and finally dove into his watery grave. Where his socks floated as helpless as our latest victim. While the promises of St. Agatha protecting him from fire were cruelly extinguished. Warmest regards, your killer. And the killer also makes the Dante Inferno joke. And I was like, okay, now it's overkill. (laughs) No, oh, it's too it, much. They did a whole two times. They did it a whole two times. Too much. Um, and in this episode, we lose whom? We lose Adriana. Adriana, after being very annoying. Because uh, at the end, at 7.13 a.m., which I'm mentioning that for a reason. Right. And we see her eat cereal in the other room, watching Rock of Love bus. Yes! Um, which made me really happy. And I could also positively ID what season of Rock of Love it was, yes, I was like, based on the women. It's like, I know that girl. Is that Megan? So I was really happy about that. And then she sees something, drops her bowl of cereal, bolts, 
grabs a golf cart and the golf cart explodes with her in it. Yes, it explodes. And then this is the first episode where after the credits, there is a scene where Dante talks to the audience all made up as a corpse. Yeah. I didn't want to die so early, but I think that the way that I died was pretty awesome. I went out in flames. It was pretty awesome. Because uh, there was mass confusion. People thought that it was a snuff TV show and that Sherry had actually been murdered. On ABC, <laughs> they thought it was a snuff TV show. But in any by any chance, do you, in your research, did you find what the lead-in to this was? I did not. Or, or the lead-out? Because like, I'd love to know, it's just like, after this murder, then they showed, like, reruns of Modern Family. <laughs> um... I mean, it ran during the summer. I can I can look it up next time you're talking about something. Okay. Um, but yeah, they had to. They lost 1.3 million viewers between the pilot and the second episode, and a lot of it was because of <laughs> because of the the loss of life. And created. they had um, so it was uh, Sundays at 9 p.m. I did look up okay what the lead out and lead in are. Yeah, the lead in was celebrity wife swap. Oh my god. Um, and the lead out was Castle. Which, to be fair, the lead out yeah. is not that bad. It was Castle in reruns. So it was, it was just deadly sins? Just like lust, followed by wrath, followed by... Pride. Pride? Yeah, pride. Yeah. Richard Castle's a proud jerk. <laughs> so, it's not as good as it being like, you know, modern family, followed by who done it, then the middle. So... Um, now I have 18 tabs up yes. who done it. So we lose Adriana. And yes. then obviously episode three opens with Adriana's murder. And the first person we see is Don. Yes. Oh, and after this episode, you're still hardcore in the Don train. Oh, yeah. So after episode two, we, uh, we again reconvene. And I 100% think it's Don because... They both make the Dante Inferno joke in that the uh, Don does and... Yeah, the overkill of the Dante Inferno joke. Don makes it and the killer makes it. Right. And it was used three times because I said it first. Yeah, are you the killer? Maybe. Uh, And I remember... uh, Who who did you say you thought it was? I thought it was Cam. You thought it was Cam at this point. Yes. Uh, But I remember what you said was, I'm pretty sure it's Don... But I'm saying someone else just so we can have different people. And I was like, all right, I've completely convinced Lara that it is Don. So now that we both believe it, I'm like, it is impossible for it to be anyone else. Guess who dies at the end of this one, guys? <laughs> yeah. I am so unbelievably confident that I've, sol- that I've solved who done it by the second episode. So, Adriana exploded in a golf cart. Yeah, and they definitely make the other scared person take way too long to come down. Uh, there's a sound bite that you're going to edit what I'm saying out to put in yeah. Dana going. I'm extremely excited that I wasn't murdered. I, I couldn't sleep. I thought Adriana was the killer. Clearly, she's not because she's dead. Yeah, so the big, they do the thing again where they hear the explosion. They all go to see it and they're like, who? The two people with scared cards are missing. And then, oh good, Dana showed back up. I guess that means that Adriana is dead. So they go and investigate again. This one, the twist is they don't go to the morgue. 
they go to an outside morgue because Adriana was blown up and is stuck in a tree. Yeah, you think they'd call, like, a fire department to get her down, like a cat? Um, uh, I start taking fewer and fewer notes each episode because they are... The shows are very formulaic. They're very formulaic. The, The big twists in this one are they're not sure if the bomb is... And they do a good job with this. They don't. They're not sure if the bomb is on the golf cart or in the ground because right. they find something that forced her to steer off the road. Yeah. They're also not sure what detonated it because uh, she's holding like a gate opener clicker. So yeah. that it's suspicious that it's possibly that. This is where the riddle gets very interesting because for the first time, the ri- the person who solves the riddle, who happens to be Ronnie, is the only person that gets the information. Yes. The other two, if you were kind of nearby. You saw it. Yeah. In this one, uh, Ronnie ends up in a room alone and watches surveillance footage of Adrian dying and realizes that the killer had a remote control. That has a really big button with a bomb on it. Yes. A car- because it's network TV and we don't think you're that smart. Yes, a cartoon picture of a bomb. This is also the riddle that starts with Giles bomb. holding the bomb from the Batman movie. Yeah. Like <laughs> hardcore, full Adam West cartoon bomb. Yeah. For some reason, oh, um, every night the the theme dinner mm-hmm. is something uh, that makes Giles look like a dick. Yeah, Giles. Like when Dante is uh, when Dante is uh, immolated, it's a roast pig on fire. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a lot of like bad taste puns, and like as the show goes on, uh... the notes are it's a theme party. And the theme is Giles is a dick. Yeah, and as it goes on, they get more and more annoyed with it. They're like, come on, Giles. And like... They never ate the food. They never ate the food? No, uh, they just demanded the producers buy them beer and pizza afterwards. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. But it's funny because, like, there is an element where they're not going as far with this, but I really wish they had, where it's like, they make a joke and the people are like, a man is dead. <laughs> How dare you? I, I really liked, in this one, they show the murder. And instead of heart, because now this is like the third episode. So now like they're getting used to it. So Ronnie just goes, not cool. Yeah, not like, cool. Like the same thing you'd say if like your uncle said something racist at Thanksgiving. Yes. It's how Ronnie reacts to Adriana's brutal murder. Yeah. Um. So as uh, they go to state their cases, once again, there's confusion over detonations and things like that and our scared cards go to don don and i believe it's dana again yes it is yeah don and dana those two words look very alike so in my notes it takes me a second sometimes Mm -hmm. and they do a really good thing here in that uh first dana comes down and they all just kind of sit at breakfast at 7 13 a.m again it's exactly 24 hours later and they're they're all sitting there like oh Dan is here. I guess that means we lost Don. And then Don walks in and they're like, oh, well, what's happening here? And I, I thought they were going to go full Rocky Horror Picture Show before Dana and Don showed up. I was like, mm, they're going to be eating one of them. Yeah. And, yeah. We, I, I went right to cannibalism. Uh, I was like, oh, no. So Giles comes out and Giles is surprised. He's like, oh, you're okay. You're all here. How great. You're going to have some steak and eggs. And Melina cries. Melina cries a lot. And I want to establish how much Melina cries. Mer- Melina does have that really good line. 
How are you feeling, Melina? <laughs> Not well. I don't want to be scared right now. I'm terrified. You open your card, please. And then uh, Giles makes a comment that the killer is going soft. Mm-hmm. And Don, Jim faces the camera. Like yeah. he's on the office. Yeah, and that was us kind of being like, oh, that's Don saying that he was the killer. How cool. But then, Don is served a... Don and Dana both are, are served raw steak. Raw steak. And Don's like, well, I'm going to go... I'm going to go cook this. Yeah, Dana's response is, I'm going to share with Ulysses. Yeah. Because she was like, trying to get some of that. Yes, she was. I mean, bless her. Ulysses was definitely the best looking dude in the cast, so. So he's like, I'm going to go cook this. And Ronnie's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why does he have to cook it himself? And Don's like, if you got to do something right, or want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And then, uh, (laughs) Laura, could you please describe the events that take place? Gladly. So, the next thing we see is uh, Don goes in to cook the steak. He steps on a mat. And then there's a mountain lion! A mountain lion is released through a hidden compartment in the kitchen. My notes say exactly, the steak is raw for Don. And then a fucking mountain lion mauls Don. I love this show. Giles has a gun because reasons. And Gino grabs a chair like they're in the circus. So, yeah, they open the doors, they see a mountain lion, and then Giles comes and shoots it with a... A trank. A trank sniper rifle. <laughs> uh, and then that episode ends. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic episode. Um, the mountain, Or at least it's a fantastic murder. Um, the mountain lion was very expensive. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the mountain lion cost them $5,000 a day. Oh, damn. And was not well-trained. Oh, no. Uh, when Because uh, Cam did an AMA on Reddit, too. Right. And he mentions that the only two times he was truly frightened, one of them was the mountain lion sprung at them. Oh, and they God. did have to slam the door real quick in its face. Like, that's actually a real thing. Oh, And he's wow. like, I was actually scared at that moment. So that moment, like, I make fun of Gino for grabbing the chair because I don't think it's real. And I think yeah. it's stupid. But no, apparently that was his reaction, was to grab a chair. That's that's wise. Yeah, there, it also looks like Don and the Mountain Lion are never in the same room. Yeah. And that is the one where we actually do see use of a dummy. Yeah. When the Mountain Lion approaches Don, that is not him. I'd imagine it wouldn't be. And so this moves on to the... to Well, Don is dead, so I forget who we switch to here. Uh, I stopped taking notes at that point. I think we went right into the fourth one. Yeah, so I think I was like, well, my backup choice was Ulysses. Yeah, I think you had Ulysses, and I think I was starting to think it was Dana. That she kept saying she was scared to throw suspicion off herself. Right. That makes sense. I can guess because I know I never actually pegged the correct killer. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. We move into this next episode where we are solving this mountain lion death. And this is the first time that they're, like, really throwing curveballs. Yeah. Because it's quickly discovered that, by pretty much everyone, there doesn't appear to be enough blood for the mountain lion to have killed him. Right. Because, like, the people in the morgue are like, hey, there's not enough blood here. 
Right. The people who are in the uh, the scene of the crime are like, man, there's not a lot of blood here. The scene of the crime also features a tranked mountain lion. No, that's its own location. Oh, that's there, right. There was no previous whereabouts because they all were there. So there is a tranked mountain lion as like an extra location. And they're like, yeah, you got to look at it before it wakes up. And they find that there is a little bit of blood under its paws. And uh, they open its mouth to find the steak that he was cooking, not parts of Don. Right. It's that he got the steak. Yes. And the only other things that we got going on is the morgue people find white powder on his chest. Right. And uh, Ronnie takes apart the stove a bit and actually kind of finds something underneath. Yeah. It finds like a diffuser. Yes. So, uh, at this point, the, the, everyone is against Team Cam. So at Team Cam, which is no longer with Gino on the team, right. is Cam, Chris, Lindsay, yes. and Ulysses. Actually, no, Lindsay's still having some problems at this point. Because Lindsay is kind of paying for being a double agent this episode. Yeah. Because she tried to go back and forth. Yeah, and Lindsay's kind of playing both sides. Uh, because apparently Lindsay has a deal with Ronnie. That they will always watch each other's backs. Yes. Which is honestly how you should play this show. Is you should form a team. And then you should... And then the everyone else will form their own team. And then you should make a partner on the other side. Yeah. And then you two will always be fine. Because Dana thinks Ulysses is her partner too. Yeah. So... Uh, what ends up happening here is... Uh, they do another riddle. Gino is the only one who... Uh, Gets to see the riddle, and they find, like, basically a contraption that releases cyanide in in the stove. Uh, Gino gives this information to Ronnie. Mm -hmm. Ronnie shares it with his team, and Gino leaves. And Gino says, I know what I know, and kind of walks off. This is where my suspicion switches to Gino. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, he's kind of staying out of the politics of the game. This way he can't interfere. He's probably the killer. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, when we get to the, uh, la- or your state, your case, uh, Cam says that he turns around, Don turned around, saw a mountain, and was scared to death. Yep. Which is a fantastic theory. Uh, not the craziest theory we'll hear in this show. So our two scared people end up being... Cam and Ulysses. Yes. But there's a, uh, Dana wins immunity. Right. And there is a, a really good moment where Giles receives a call from the killer on his cell phone. Oh, yeah. Is this this episode? Yes. And the first thing we hear is... What the heck? It's the killer. <gasps> I'll put it on speaker. Shh. Hi, it's Melina and I'm the killer. Are you surprised? Should be. Because I'm the killer. Yes, me. Sasha. <laughs> it's me, Cam. I'm the killer. Yeah. I guess you'll have to keep on guessing. If you all want to live, I suggest you get out of the house and go ride your high horse. I am Ulysses. I am the killer. My anagram is Sly Uses. <laughs> now, I know for many of you, you may think you're in for happy trails. I assure you, you're not. It's me, Ronnie. One of us is going to ride off into the sunset. 
never to return. I am Dana. I'm going to kill you when you least expect it. Yeah, me, Chris. Allow me to offer you these chilling words. From me, Lindsay. Be at the horse stables or I will put you down! <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say that. I never. I never said that. I don't laugh like that. And there is a great moment where somebody goes, "Could the whole house be rigged?" And Sasha goes, "We know the house is rigged, Adriana." You know, not the fact that they're on a reality show and there's cameras and yeah, microphones right, right. everywhere, but that Adriana was caught on closed circuit footage. <laughs> And that's one of my favorite dumb moments in a reality show. Yeah, that's a pretty good moment. It really is. Uh, And then we get to what I think is... The dumbest murder. The dumbest murder. Because there isn't that moment where it's like, hey, one person came down, now the other person came down. Oh, what's the... It's just like smash cuts to them all on horses. Yeah, they're just riding horses today. So we're riding these horses, and then all of a sudden, some birds fly by, mm-hmm. and Ulysses loses control of his horse and falls off the trail. And the horse falls, and I find that super interesting, because there's a, there's a lot of animal usage in this show. Yeah. And a lot of animal danger in this show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see the horse get back up and be fine, mm-hmm. but uh, they use a lot of animals in the show, and I'm not sure that's a real bright move. I mean, there are stunt horses that know how to fall. Mongo punches one out in Blazing Saddles. I know, and like, the mountain lion was supposedly trained. Mm -hmm. So Ulysses is bucked off his horse, falls off, and they're all like, well, Ulysses is dead. Next episode. Yeah, so we then go to this new outdoor rugged episode of Who Done It. It's the cowboy episode. Like, it's very... Dumb. So, once again, we have the last known whereabouts of the horse. So they go check the stables. Yep. And then there's the scene of the crime. And then there's the outdoor morgue. Yes. uh, Where the ladies go to uh, investigate the body of... Ulysses. Ulysses. And low-key sexually harass him for giggles. They do what? Uh, they, They got him to break. It's not shown in the show, obviously, because he's dead. But they, they make him break character. Oh, okay. Um, of corpse? Yeah. they It's not shown, obviously, because it would break the show. Right. But apparently, like, everyone who was at the morgue was teasing Ulysses and making fun of him for being, like, shirtless on an outside table. Nice. So, it was just a fun little anecdote of them just making fun of Ulysses till he broke. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's some really good play here. Uh, and this is where the, the things get really tricky. Gino finds a snake in the right side of, uh, Ulysses stables. Ulysses, uh, saddlebag. Left left side, left side. Yeah. The left side. But of Uh, a saddlebag, not the stable. Of a saddlebag. Yes. And over at the morgue. There's a sign that says what types of flowers are harmful and not harmful and what kind of snakes are harmful and not harmful. Right. Uh, meanwhile, at the last known whereabout of the horse, they find a pink flower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, okay, so there's probably poison in play here. 
but there's got to be more to it. Uh, and Gino says to uh, Dana, who went to the morgue, let me guess, you found a snake bite on his right side. And she goes, no, it was his left side. And she's only one of the few people that catches it because she looks at his thigh and sees the marks and looks at his pants and finds it and covers it with her hand the whole time. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, really good play here. Yeah. Uh, This then leads to the riddle. Which is kind of a weak riddle. it, It was a lot of just running around and like you could just go the wrong way. But the, the finale of the riddle is uh, you, you walk into this house and it's like only one person's allowed in there at a time and you only get two minutes and you have to put the murder weapon on this center table. And when you solve the, when the, someone solves the riddle, a bell goes off. Yes. And they all get a chance. They all end up at this house and they all get a chance and everyone's having a problem doing it. Yeah, they put like a crowbar someone finds. Yeah. A, Snake. It, yeah, it's full of snakes, so they're trying, like, different snakes. I, th- I think they put, like, a horseshoe in there. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody knows what's up until Chris finds a loose floorboard, floorboard, which has two nails in it, that have been coated in this flower that uh, has been turned into, like, a liquid using a mortal and pestle. So it's clear now to us at home that the murderer hit uh, Ulysses in the right leg with this board, which kind of looks like a snake bite, uh, but it's really this poison flower. And I was like, wow, this is really... That was a really cool crime mm-hmm. to put together. And It looks the least cool, though. It looks the least cool. Uh, but it's also the first time in the show where they miss something. Mm-hmm. Because it's revealed later that... If you looked closely at Ulysses' uh, clothing, you would have seen wooden splinters where that snake bite was. But no one ever looked closely at it because Dana hid it in her hand. Yes. So I was glad to see that, like, there will be times where you might just miss what happens. And this is when Chris begins to emerge as a player. Yes. Chris is the daughter of a cop and she's an ex-beauty queen. Mm -hmm. And that's what they bill her as, the ex-beauty queen. Yes. And this is when we start to see her emerging as a player. Yes, and emerging as one of the main suspects as the killer. Uh, the only person who, at this point, is uh, accusing her is Lindsay and Melina are accusing her. Yeah, I mean, two people is a lot, because there's not a lot of people alive. Yeah, everyone else is accusing Cam and Lindsay, except for Cam, who accuses Gino for as long as he possibly yeah. can. Because it's the only really uh, big accusation that I feel like it doesn't come from a place of spite. Yeah. Because for the most part, people pick the killer as the person they like least. Lindsay even says, girl, I really like you, but I think you're the killer. Exactly. Uh, But it feels very heavily telegraphed. Yeah. To the point of, like, feeling like a red herring at this point in the show. Yeah, we kind of kind of get this, like, red herring feeling uh, out of this. And this is when you and I, at least, were starting to super suspect Melina. Yes, because she's so far under the radar. She, not even, she's just a bad player. She's never gotten a riddle. She's kind of always at the bottom. 
she's not really doing anything to interfere with the show. And this is me kind of looking at the source code of what yeah. I think the show should, how the show should work. The killer can't pick the winner. Right. So they kind of would have to stay out of it. And they probably shouldn't win riddles mm-hmm. because, uh, the, the, you know, then no one can win. So I, we both start thinking, oh, it's probably Melina. Yeah, this is the show when we start. Because Melina is also a terrible player that to this point has never been scared. But a fantastic actor. Like, yes. she's always crying. I was like, okay. She's always crying. This is an actor. This she's really person. selling. Yeah, she show. sells a lot. Uh, so then uh, we have this camp out scared card meeting. Yeah. Uh, and there's three scared cards this time. Yeah, surprisingly it goes to Dana, Sasha, and Gino. Gino. And uh, so we have three scared cards. No one's really sure what that means. And, and Chris uh, wins the night. And Chris wins the night. And immediately uh, Sasha freaks out because her prior knowledge of snakes contradicted the story her team had come up with. See, I told you guys, I said when the red touches the black, it's okay, Jack. And everyone was like, no, 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 no. I know from as a child growing up in the South, you're taught when a red touches the yellow, you're a dead fellow. When the red touches the black, you're okay, Jack, meaning it's safe. And you told me the red was touching the black. Melina, you said it was definitely poisonous. So basically, I got everything wrong. Which is what I had said yeah. as soon as we saw the snake. I was like, red and yellow, kill a fellow. Red and black, poison black. Like, yeah. That's, like, just something you're taught. hmm So, like, she knew that, but even though she knew that, like, she still believed what her team said and just had a terrible, uh, <laughs> a terrible state your case. So uh, then they're able to go home to their nice, warm, safe, yes. safe, safe room manor. Yes. And nothing happens overnight. hmm And then the next morning. That we morning, know of. The next morning, Gino comes down the stairs alone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't meet up with the rest of the group. No one else is mm-hmm. down there. What does he find at the piano? And at the piano, we find the bodies of both Dana and Sasha posed as if they're like enjoying the piano and playing the piano. Uh, just like kind of frozen. And I yelled, we're in a house of wax situation. <laughs> We've got full house of wax. So, uh... I don't have any notes for these two episodes because we watched them when we were out of town. Ah, right. Uh, so, there's... This is the episode that reveals one of the big problems. Uh, what ends up happening is they go into the rooms and clearly a cart was used and chloroform is used to knock these people out and then mm-hmm. they're taken on an elevator. But they also find footprints, They find the footprints of the girls, like, during a struggle. One of them is marched out with a knife, they figure out. And they find the footprints of the killer. And Gino immediately steps on the footprint and is like, "Eh, it's about the same uh, footprint as me. It's about about the same. What do you know? About a 12. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, well, I guess Gino's the killer then. (laughs) Because clearly... And I was like, yeah, all right, this is, is a good case. Yeah. Then during the riddle, they all find dummies of themselves. Right. Which they eventually have to cut open. Yeah. To find out that a secret clue that there is a secret wall in the morgue. 
At and we, only one person can go into that yes, one. And this time it's Chris. Th- again happens to be Chris. And she gets to look around and she finds that uh, a knife was used to... Like, she finds basically everything she needs to know. They were drained of their blood. This knife was used. And she finds the killer's shoes, which have tissues in them. Right. Meaning that they were stuffed so anyone could have worn those shoes. Which is... No, great. And she doesn't share that information with everyone, which is good play. And claims she didn't look inside the shoes. She claims she doesn't look inside the shoes when that comes out when uh, Giles reads the letter. Right. Uh, But this is where it kind of dawns on me that outside of me kind of like looking at how a reality show should work and looking for the mole-style clues, there has not been one single clue to who done it. Right. I was like, wait a minute. How are we supposed to be figuring out who done it? The title question, uh, this is the moment where we realize how not important it is. Yeah. It's about solving the weekly murder. There's not an overarching theme. There's not really any clues that point to anybody. Well, because this leads me to the question, at the end of State Your Case, they always say who they think did it. Yeah. And I assume that if you correctly identified... The killer, that would be part of your you getting the stay. Yeah. Because if two people gave pretty much the exact same case, and then one person got the killer right, you'd think, oh, they're staying while the other person would not be. But there's no evidence at all right. to who the killer is. So, which true. is where I start to kind of get disappointed in the show. I was like, wait a minute, I want to solve this mystery. So that's when I start to like... Go high gear into, like, looking for every possible clue to, like, there's got to be something I missed. And, like, really coming up with nothing. So I start to really look forward to, like, a aha moment. Right. And uh, the end of this episode's a really, like, the murder that kicks off the next episode is really well done pacing and suspense-wise. Yes. Giles announces that the killer has, uh, in this one, uh, Cam wins... Yeah, and Ronnie and Gino were scared. Yes, Ronnie and Gino both mess up this uh, this draining of blood mystery here. And Giles announces that the killer has told him that there will not be a murder tonight. And they're going to throw a party. So Giles throws a luau. And uh, the actor who plays Giles announced that a prop guy handed him a drink. So he played the party drunk. Oh, cool. So, and there is a moment where... They said that there wouldn't be a killer that night, and Noah and I immediately go, oh, Giles is chum. Yeah, we're pretty sure Giles, because he's limboing, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, they're gonna kill Giles. And, like, you're trying to think of what elaborate trap is gonna kill Giles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then at exactly midnight, the lights go out, mm-hmm. and... There's a crash. We go from House of Wax to Phantom of the Opera. Yes. And the chandelier falls on Gino. Yes, and Gino is dead. Which, I then realized... Uh, the killer did wait till midnight, so it was technically the next day. Right. <laughs> so the the killer didn't lie. Uh, Gino's murder is uh, an interesting one because the whole premise of this is the killer's idea on how to kill him doesn't work. Yeah. He, and they have to be a plan B. Gino doesn't take... Gino is supposed to be uh, strangled with... His lei. His uh, Hawaiian lei. Instead of like a flowered one, his is made of cocoa nuts. Yes. And he's supposed to be strangled with it, but 
Um, he's clearly not. He, he, he forgets wear to wear it to the party. And uh, this is also the part where you start to wonder about uh, how they could have done the murders. And this is one of the producers actually had to find out for this episode who uh, who the killer was because they had to find out whether they could reasonably drag Gino to yes. where Gino needed to be. Yeah, because it turns out that the uh, the chandelier is uh, again a, a red herring, uh, and basically the killer put on night vision goggles when the lights went out and just shot him, yeah. shot him with a silenced pistol. And uh, drug them underneath the chandelier and drop the chandelier on them. Like you do. Uh, so, in this episode, uh, we're running low on people. Yes. So, uh, is this the first episode where someone gets to go somewhere alone? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I have to check just because it's one of the ones I don't have notes for. I, I believe we're... Because how many people are we down to now? We're down to five? We're down to Ronnie, Lindsay... Melina. Yeah, we're down to Ronnie, Lindsay, Melina, Chris, and Cam. Right. So, uh, Lindsay ends up getting to go to the morgue alone. Because she's the most powerful woman in the house. Yeah. So, like, she's a member of Team Cam, and but she's a known flip-flopper. Now, the teams have are now down to Cam, Lindsay, and Chris versus Melina and Ronnie. Yes. And Melina and Ronnie super need a win. Because if they can get a win, the teams are even. And it's anybody's game. But if uh, one of them loses, it's going to be four against one. And it's going to basically be game over. Right. And uh, so it all comes down to the riddle. And in the riddle, Ronnie's doing like a decent job, but does not help Melina at all. Yeah, he leaves her behind at one point. Meanwhile, Team Cam works as a team. So yes. even though Ronnie gets like a head start, everyone catches up. Right. Which is a bummer for for if you if you hate Team Cam. Which I think we're supposed to as reality show fans. I think we're supposed to be like, oh, that dastardly Cam. But it's hard because Melina is so incompetent. She's pretty incompetent. <laughs> and, the, and we still think she's the murderer at this point. Because at this mm. point you have to be like willfully incompetent. Yes. Uh, so, we, as they move on through this, uh, they lose the riddle to Cam's team. Uh, this riddle is solved by, is it by Cam? Cam does solve this riddle. Yes, Cam solves the riddle. And Lindsay wins the day. Which, which reveals the, uh, the pistol and the, like, the murder weapon and the goggles. So he basically knows everything. And Ronnie knows nothing. So Ronnie... <laughs> Has to come up with some sort of uh, theory for how the theory. chandelier fell. So his theory, and then the the chandelier when it fell, how, with what? I'm piecing all the information of the riddle together: the night vision, the UV light, the lay, the monkeys, monkeys. Is it possible that he had a trained monkey? You're a monkey. Who you had trained. You took your murder weapon and you handed it to your monkey and he climbed right back up that rope. But right before he went up to the roof, he pulled the pin to the chandelier. Trained monkey. Ron, Ronnie claims that he knew he was uh, doomed at that point. 
so had decided to have fun with it. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, you know. You know when you're you're competing for a quarter million dollars and you give up for giggles? <laughs> so now Melina is alone on her team. Yes, uh, we're down to the final four. Because they're the final uh the final five are offered a spa treatment. Oh yes, yes, yes. Cam gets a massage, Lindsay gets a mani pedi. Melina gets a facial, and oh, the scared two people who are scared are Ronnie and Melina. Yeah. So Melina's very worried that the facial's going to be like acid that's going to melt her yes. face, and Ronnie's going to have a hot tub treatment. Uh, this is important. Uh, Chris gets yoga, but is then seen just doing yoga alone in her room. Like no one is leading yoga. They just give her a mat and are like, "Yo, well, everyone else is getting spot treatment. You stretch in here." Yeah. <laughs> You get something kind of lame. Yeah. So, uh, Ronnie is blown up in the hot tub. Yes, Ronnie's just in the hot tub and then all of a sudden explodes out of it and lands in the pool. Uh, And I believe for this episode, they are desperately running out of time. Like, I think it's too full of an episode. Yeah. It's like, uh, we have to... Because they say that for this uh, very special episode, murder there's a fourth location Mm -hmm. that will have some advantages and there's only one way to decide who that will be and then it just smash cuts to them all with ice picks picking at this ice trying to get to this yellow box yeah and like vague explanation of what's going on through talking heads and voiceover yeah like we gotta get to this box just that the person who gets to the box gets to go to the secret area it's like oh okay (laughs) And then they spend too long. Uh, Cam wins the advantage. Yes. And Cam says he's going to go to the crime scene as well because they also get to go to the The advantage is you get to go to the secret area and spend three minutes in one of the other ones. Of your choosing. Yes. And then they they start arguing amongst themselves about the least known whereabouts because Melina doesn't want to cede all three spaces. Yeah. She wants to get one for herself. Yeah. And she she wants it to be last known. Yes. But she ends up somewhere else. She ends up at the morgue? She ends up at the morgue, Mm -hmm. but Chris ends up in the crime scene and Lindsay ends up in the last known. Yes. Uh, And this is where, I'm not sure if you can find a picture of this, but... uh, Ronnie, the in the last known whereabouts, it is discovered that Ronnie ha- was writing a note to Giles. Yes. And in this note, had correctly figured out who the killer was. Yes. Uh, so the killer, having realized that this note was there, blacked out the parts that gave away... Who it was. Who it was. But it... Doesn't make a lot of sense that Ronnie, who gave the absolute worst uh, representation of this, suddenly knew everything. And the letter doesn't look like it actually explains who the killer is. Can, do you want to read that? That you'll find it. By now you know who the killer is. Maybe you can call the cops and spare my life. In the aftermath of Gino's murder, I have finally figured it out. The name of the killer is Redacted. The reason I know is Redacted told Redacted that Redacted was being dishonest. Redacted also observed, overheard Redacted say it definitely was Redacted. This goes all the way back to the slingshot. 
Please, Mr. Giles, for all of our safety, forward this letter to the police. For that, uh, for that you have my strictest confidence. Sincerely yours, Ronnie. The handwriting is awful. The handwriting is terrible. And is a producer. And there's also, like, no way that someone being dishonest would fully explain who the killer was. It would if... Because the killer makes it a point to say Gino is dishonest. Because we mm. forgot to mention the fact that Gino steals Giles' cell phone before his murder. Yes, he does. And the killer says he's dishonest for doing it. Oh, okay. I guess this does kind of make sense. In the AMA with Cam, Cam claims the cell phone is because of... um. Gino did a few dishonest things that didn't make the show. Mm-hmm. So this was a way to show him being dishonest on camera so that he could ultimately be killed for it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so then they all are separated into these different areas. And basically, since uh, Melina has only the morgue to go off of, the big that thing that she's able to pull out is that there's foam in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Which means he was probably poisoned. This is also something we discuss as poison tends to be a female method of murder. Anyone who reads Game of Thrones can tell you poison's women's weapons. Yes. And we've seen a lot of uh, of poisonings in this show. We've so, even seen a lot of terribly physical killings. Yeah. So at this point, we're pretty sure it's a woman. And we're pretty sure it's Melina. We're also out of men except for Cam. So statistically, it's a woman because there's not that many men left. Right. Uh, I'm just saying this is us desperately finding clues. Yeah. Uh, so Melina now tries to bargain for information. but and becomes a different person. Right. She turns into Catwoman. She just kind of rolls in and uh, delivers this speech. All right, you guys ready to start playing this game? Or are we going to keep playing like a bunch of cowards? Oh, oh. <laughs> Three against one? You don't think that's cowardly? What's six against three? How's that for cowardly? I mean, if you guys think you're the better team, let's throw it out there. Let's see who comes out on top. Yeah, well, the thing is that because we're the better team, we've got you against the ropes, and we have no reason to not let see, off. and that's where you're wrong, you guys. You should have never let me go to the morgue. I know a lot about what was at your locations. You don't know anything about what was at mine. Example, last known whereabouts, right? Let me guess. Did you find a note? Maybe that Ronnie wrote? crime scene right let me guess ronnie was going out to the hot tub to relax was there a drink out there i know that ronnie drank something because ronnie had the foam in his mouth he wouldn't have been drinking alcohol because we don't have anything he likes i also know he drank coffee while we were in the breakfast room he had coffee at the dining room table so not coffee tea did you find tea out there The only thing I can go off of is maybe he had some tea. He had some tea, he wrote a note. And I'm hoping that somehow I get the other team to confirm that for me. I know a lot. If you know so much, then why are you here? What I know from the morgue that you don't know will cause one of you to die tonight. All of a sudden, she's Melina, ace detective. And because this whole new pitch is so out of character for her i'm now pretty confident that she's not the killer you're gonna feed us now some accurate information hook us Mm -hmm. then give us a bunch of lies no you know what i said was accurate i feel so good 
if I was inaccurate, he would have jumped on the one thing that I was wrong about, and he didn't. I know one of you might be the killer, and I know two of you are fighting for your life. And for the two of you that are fighting for your life, I will be in the kitchen making myself a drink. That's all I'm saying. Sayonara. Sayonara. Good luck, guys. Did she just become a completely different person? Yeah. And storms away. Yeah. And uh, everyone's just kind of like, well, that was weird. Did she become someone else? And I, I feel like that kind of giant code switch is such a big, like, murderer trope. Yeah. Of, like, the murderer feels like they're getting away with it, so suddenly they, like, code switch into a different person. Th- this was me thinking, we need to justify why Melina doesn't die. Yeah. Like, she needs to come off as a believable survivor. Because there's no reason why she should survive at this point. Yeah, because she's outnumbered, outplanned. Yeah, she doesn't know anything. She's, like... There's also a very staged shot of her listening outside the door and finding out a lot of Team Cam's information. So it's like, alright, she's gotta... Like, this gotta... Has to be them justifying her surviving. Uh, Then they get in a limo... They get their scared and spared cards first. Oh, do they? Yes. Yeah. Cam wins the day, and Lindsay and Melina are scared. And then Giles points out... Oh, yes. Chris, have you ever been scared? I'm not. Interesting. Interesting. And then he goes, that's exactly what he says. And I, I feel like this is the show trying to telegraph that Chris is the killer. Yeah. So that they can bait and switch us. Yeah, and it's like, okay, we get it. You want us to think it's Chris... And because really, Chris and Lindsay are constantly accusing each other. So it's like, okay, so they want us to think it's one of these two. It's going to turn out to be Melina. It'll be a fun thing. Yeah. We, we saw who done it. Go us. Yeah, we didn't think it was Cam <laughs> because Cam is very into the money and mentions the mm. money the most frequently. Yes. Uh, now, dear listener, <laughs> there's something I say a lot when it comes to me watching shows like this and when i'm really having a good time i will say this show is great i'm really enjoying it god do i hope they stick the landing yes we're about to roll into the finale kids let's talk about this final episode so to set it up uh everyone gets in a limo and there's, like, a fake-out car accident where the limo pulls a violent U-turn. Mm-hmm. And we see a bunch of, like, still shots of really great faces. We're, we're going to find one of them and make it the thumbnail for this episode because they're great. Oh, okay. Um, and so it's these, like, still faces. And then they just pull right back up to the manor after, mm-hmm. like, Melina panics. There's gifts in the back of the car. Yes. Which are champagne flutes and... Noah and I are like, it's a callback to Sherry! Yeah, that's we were desperately trying to figure it out. Because, like, uh, Melina and Lindsay are rightfully not into opening theirs, Mm -hmm. because they're up for being killed. Cam, meanwhile, Christmas morning. Yes. Cam's like, I'm spared! Mm -hmm. And finds the champagne flutes and the champagne. And they pull back in, and then there's a whole bunch of white smoke, and Melina disappears. Yes, and they're like, and Lindsay says, until I see her body, I'm not ruling her out. Yeah. And that's how that episode ends. We come back, and uh, we find out that Giles has been kidnapped. Yes. And he is in the most elaborate jigsaw trap you'll ever see. Except that they preempt the episode 
with like a minute long. Oh yes, yes, please, please, we gotta play that. Good evening. My name is Giles, and I am the butler here at Rue Manor. But before you make yourselves too terribly comfortable, perhaps I could offer you a quick crash course in exactly what has transpired. This summer, thousands of crime fans applied to be part of a murder mystery game. My life experience has been moving me to this moment. Thirteen unlucky guests made the final cut. I'm Sasha. Ulysses. Cam. Gina. And suddenly, the game was afoot. This area is not secure. Please. Mind you, these contestants are not actors. I'm not budget. Selena screwed me. They are real people who were tasked to live in a mansion and stay alive long enough to find out who the killer is. Oh, my God. The twist? The killer is indeed someone amongst you. To survive, the guests had to follow the evidence. <gasps> Mark! Barter information. I will kill him if he doesn't tell me. And solve fictitious crimes. The bomb was actually on the golf cart. With hopes of becoming the killer's most worthy adversary. I still know you're the killer. I'm on to you. And I'm coming for you. Do well, and they were spared. Congratulations, Lindsay! <laughs> Do poorly, and they were scared. It's not over yet, baby. It's nice knowing you. Yeah. For those who were lucky enough to survive the night... Don, please die. Oh. They lived to see another day. But for those who failed to impress, they were forced to play out their own deaths. Making Who Done It the hottest show of the summer. Trending on Twitter, blazing the chat boards, some of you even thought people were actually dying on the show. The killer could give you the real answer, but then he or she would have to kill you. They do like a minute long, like, on this season of Who Done It, where Giles talks about the internet phenomenon and then reminds everybody one more time that no one is dead. Uh, Gino had the best uh, little stinger at the end where Gino goes, Mom, Mom, it's just makeup. I'm okay, Mom. Yeah. It's very cute. Comes off. And, uh... So they kind of do this, like, this fake-out of, you know, previously on Who Done It, and then that was clearly added, that was clearly shot, like, while the show was running. Yeah. Because they show that it was, like, a big Twitter phenomenon, mm -hmm. so they must have gone back and done, like, the pickup shots while yes. the show was actually airing. Probably, yeah. And so then we come back, and Giles is in a saw trap. Yes. He's, he's wrapped in what appears to be twine. Like, like fishing wire. Like fishing. No, it looked like thinner than that. Like kite string. Yeah. And there's like an Uzi pointed at his head. And there's like some axes that could fall on him. And like, it doesn't look good for Giles. No. And he's like, you need to find me. I might be dead if you do not find me. And then they are told that to open this one door if they can find the code which was the same code they were given in the first episode. And they're like, well, we all don't remember it. Uh, they rush into the parlor for a clue, and it's like, hey, the only pool table balls on the pool table are six, one, and eight. 
And, and they're really obvious. Like, there's six, then one, then three chess pieces. Mm-hmm. It's all six, one, and threes, and it's done in a way that's, like, not subtle. Yeah. Because they want to move this finale along, damn Yes. It. So they figure it out, and this annoys me. Uh, they all kind of run to the door, and Cam opens this door with the code. But they're all there. Yeah. And they walk in, and it's like the killer's lair. And it's evidence from all the murders. It's the prop room. Yeah. And they find Melina's body. Melina, it's worth saying at this point, uh, Melina, maybe because they're running out of time for the show, mm-hmm. Melina barely has a scratch on her. There's like a little bit of blood down her chest. Yes. But like, that could have been applied with an eyedropper. And she was strangled with the, the beads nuts. that he didn't get to use. So I was like, okay, that's a kind of good callback. But she's also laying in a way that I really expected them to leave the room and her eyes to pop open and for yes. her to sit up. Yes, we, we are still not convinced it's not Melina as the killer. Yeah, it, we, we see her body and we're still like, she's alive. Because it makes sense to us that during this final challenge you had three actual competitors and not the killer. So we're still like, nah, it's Melina. It's totally Melina. They, and they, the killer had masqueraded as Melina before, right before that. Yes. Uh... So... So then they get the puzzle piece challenge. They get this puzzle piece challenge. Hey, now, corpse conga line! That's the first problem. Hey! Uh, they, they raise the dead, and everyone other than Melina, who's been murdered, walks out with, like, a riddle around their neck. Everyone looks like they were, are wearing the same things they were wearing when they were killed, except for Ulysses, which is who is dressed <laughs> like Indiana Jones! For no reason. And everyone is trying to act like a zombie, except Ulysses, who's just like, boo shaboo, I got a whip. It's like, what? Okay. And, and Don, who sucks at Who Don, who's not an actor. He's uh, his next cop. Yeah. So, uh, they all wander out and it's like, all right, you have to get a puzzle piece from all of them. They will all give you a, a some sort of challenge you have to solve. And then once you give them an answer, they will give you a puzzle piece and it might be the wrong puzzle piece if you messed up. Yeah. But Cam, since you solved the other riddle, you get a bonus piece. And I remember just kind of thinking, like, he just kind of got to the doorway first. Yeah. The The end episode is really flawed for that. Like, he just gets to knock out a challenge and for I, no reason. I was also trying to figure out which challenge did he get the skip. Because the challenges are all related to the person who died. Right. Because uh, the uh, Dante's challenge is which saint protected him? St. Agnes or St. Elmo? Yes. St. Elmo's fire? Do you get it? Which, even if you're wrong, it takes a second to correct. Right. You're like, oh, I meant the other one. Whoops. And then you go to... uh, who had it like a really tough challenge? The two girls in the Sasha and Dana had a uh, difference S- picture. Yeah, spot challenge. the differences in between two pictures, uh, and you didn't know how many their mistakes there were. Right. It was just between three and seven. Yeah, and Adriana, you had to rebuild the bomb that blew her up. Yes, which is not something they ever had to do. So, like, the, the level of difficulties per puzzle piece all were very different. And then you have to shing- slingshot a fish tank with the back of Sherry's head. Yeah. Which uh, Cam and Chris are shown to do on the first take, which we yeah. don't know. This is very well edited mm-hmm. they, and keeps it quite tense between Cam, Chris, and Lindsay. Yes. Because uh, Cam... Oh, we also think Giles is dead at this point. 
Yeah, we think Giles is The killers is dead. announced that they dispatched Giles. Yes. Uh, so th- they are all running around. Uh, and one important challenge of this that I have to discuss is Don's. When you run to Don's, he, his is in the kitchen. And you had to put in order how the killer hid. And then they cut to the mountain lion, which is in like a clear box uh, on the kitchen counter. And you see it, like, roaring and stuff like that. But any time you see the person and the mountain lion, it's clearly a stuffed mountain lion. Yeah. And they're clearly also switching times it's in a different position. Yeah. Like you see it, like, napping, and then you see it sitting up. And I was like, all right, that's a little silly. Well, apparently, after it uh, launched itself, they didn't trust it around people anymore. That makes sense. Uh, there, we should also notice that uh, we also have a... St- a sneaking suspicion that the killer might be Giles. Yeah. Because Giles says that the killer is in the room. He never really says it's one of you. So it's possible that it's Giles. Once you have all the correct puzzle pieces, you have to run up to the attic. And there we find that Giles has escaped. He's He's alive and fine. He just kind of slithered out of his chair and is like, you don't think I'm the killer, do you? And they're like, I don't... And Cam, who gets there first, is like, I don't know, maybe... Cam's like, oh, you have to go read his contract. Yeah, so go read his contract and decide if you think he's the killer. And it's a contract that straight up wouldn't hold up in court. And Cam's like, nah, you did it. Yeah, so (laughs) he runs back up. He's like, you're the killer. And Giles goes, you think I am the killer? Here's a puzzle piece. And runs away. I was like, well, if you thought he was the killer, you would tackle him. Also, if you were really tied up in that chair, I don't think the message you would say is, if you don't find me, I will surely die. I think the message is, I'm in the attic. Help. I know this house. I work here. Yeah. They they kind of come up with a really flimsy excuse to hide Giles in the house. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that in the, the fine print of the contract, uh, Giles is... In, it is Giles' job to dispose of the body and to set up traps, but he is not held accountable for anything that he does. Right. So he's he's not the killer. That's how that works, right? Yeah. So then they do this thing where Cam finishes the puzzle first, and a clue comes up that tells him to go to this specific room. Chris finishes the puzzle. We don't see her clue. And then Lindsay finishes the puzzle and is told to go to a completely different room. Right. The room where Melina's body is. Yeah. Uh... Cam runs into this room and it's like very like saw trap, like end of saw, zodiac lines and pictures and stuff. And he's like, okay, what's in here? What's in here? Chris walks in and he's like, I don't know what's in here. And then on a monitor, they show a robotic suit of armor kill Lindsay. And I was like, ah, Melina. Melina clearly is still alive in that room and killed Lindsay. And now we're down to the final two. I'm wrong. No, and then uh, Chris and Cam argue between themselves for a minute or two about who the killer is, uh, which is just very weak and anticlimactic. And then uh, Chris looks at Cam and goes, I won't be played by your foolish game. The killer could be you or me all the same. And rhyming was like a big trope of the killer. Yes. (sighs) It was you. I won't be played by your foolish game. 
What are you the talking about? The killer could be you. The killer is you. Or me. It's definitely Just you. Just the same. Are you kidding me? Enough of the riddles, the ruckus, the rhymes. I committed those murders 11 straight times. Surprise, I'm the killer. Congratulations, Cam. You are the winner. Yeah. So it is revealed that Cam is one and the winner is Chris. And the killer is Chris. And then I get my aha moment where they, they make a montage showing all the evidence that Chris is the killer. I've shot guns. I know what it looks like. Pretend you're breaking into a car right now. Wow. Have you ever been scared? I've not. Interesting. And then extra footage from all the murders where instead of it being a shadowy man setting up these killers, it's Chris. And I was like, oh, there was no freaking evidence that it was Chris. As a matter of fact, Cam never knew it was Chris. No, and that's a big flaw people found in the show is that Lindsay, the runner up, Correctly guessed it was Chris every single episode. Yes, and dies. And Cam never... Like, Cam is literally slightly faster at one point. Mm-hmm. And that's how he wins the so, whole show. Yes, yeah, so he wins the whole show. And, and it feels arbitrary. I was like, oh, okay. And then Giles just hands some handcuffs to Cam and is like, yo, do you want to cuff Chris? And Chris just gets handcuffed and let out by cops and then that's just it for her. And I was like, you know, I, I actually think there's a part where Giles says that he's done this game before. I'll get back to that. Okay. Because I was like, this is really disappointing. She's just led away from the police. And then Giles is like, hey, Cam, you won. Here's a briefcase full of money. And Cam's like, well, that's really cool. And they walk out. No, no, wait. Then there's a brief pause. And then Giles goes... How does it feel? I'm freaking out. You did it. And you're alive. Yeah. I'm alive. Could we have a little hug? Because I'm alive yes, too. Please. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious they expect. Uh, There's like an awkward dude hug. Like, Cam is clearly in shock mm-hmm. that he won, and he's really bad at the uh like the being the winner part. Mm-hmm. So then they like do the awkward bro hug, and then there's like they leave the mansion and they're greeted by all of the people. Yeah, the reanimated corpses of everyone who has died. I, I saw an interpretation that their souls are now bound to the house or something. Okay, that's a much better... So they're ghosts or whatever. And then Giles goes, where would you like to go? And Cam goes, home, in a line that's clearly fed to him by the producers. Uh, the final challenge was not simultaneous. Uh, Cam and Lindsay did it and were timed individually so nobody had to wait if someone was at another station. Okay, that's a little better. <laughs> and Cam was 44 seconds faster. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so it's a good thing he had that advantage. Yeah. So Cam literally, by pushing in that code, won. That's crazy. So now we're getting into the uh, the actual part where we, we do most of the talking. Um, It got mixed reviews... A lot of people didn't like the fact that, especially when it got to the end, that there was really no motive and really no, like... 
Yeah, like, there was never... We never got to learn anything about this character of a killer. Right. Other than they tweeted sometimes. Which, how did they do that? They were taken to prison. Right. And, like... Uh, the show did okay in the ratings. It dropped off, like... It had four million viewers when it started, but lost, like, almost a million people between the first two weeks because people thought people were actually dying. And then it kind of picks up and has about three and a half million by the finale. It was soft. They performed in the low end of expectations. Mm-hmm. They didn't do great. Maybe it's because Celebrity Wife Swap was their lead in. Yeah, that hurts it. Uh, I, like, this is a show I feel like I would have been into when it Super ran. into. Like, I would, like... I love that alternate reality game stuff. So the idea that you could tweet at the killer. Yeah. That's super cool. So. uh, They also did two companion books. One released ahead of the first episode and one released at the right after the second episode. Uh, The first chapter of each of them is available on Google Books. Uh, they're called Who Done It Murder in Mystery Manor and Who Done It Murder on Mystery Island. Okay. They suck. <laughs> okay. Um, they clearly they released the uh, murder on Mystery Island and they don't talk about who the killer is. And apparently, Giles essentially is cursed that every job he takes, this murder game plays out. So it's it's a different murderer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so when Giles says that he's done this before, he's not referring to, to having done it with Chris? Correct. That's dumb. Yeah. It's really dumb. Yep. Um, what are some other uh, tidbits? Uh, Cam, who eventually won, was not originally cast. He was the alternate. Okay. And then, uh, from what I understand, the guy who got kicked off was uh, smoking a doobie. Oh, you can't do that. That was what that podcast seemed to say. Yeah, we did listen to a podcast. Shout out to Rob has a podcast. Um, Chris was given no extra information, but was told that she had to stop solving riddles. See, and that angered me. Because it's just like, oh, so she had no extra information. So she really was just another player. So there was really no way to figure out it was her. Right. Like, to the point where... You didn't need to have her be a part of the show. It could have just been like, yo, there's a murderer. Yeah. He's going to sneak in here and kill you. Um, Dante being the first, like, main murderer in the house was planned to be jarring and upsetting. Right. And was written before they knew the guy dying was Dante. Like, all the murders were planned out before the casting. And uh, they had to get a stunt woman to play Dante. That's fine. Because he is a very small stature. Um, the cast members were kept an extra day at when they were eliminated so that they could do the morgue scene and film their death and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so there, the, uh, testimonies that are so, seemingly so important are for show. They were t- asked to take written exams. Oh, so it's, it's not even them. Okay. Well, I guess that's easier to judge. Standards and practices wanted it to be something, um, they they wanted the game to be fair. Something you could point to. Yeah. So, the people with the lowest scores were separated from each other and the rest of the cast, and then the eliminated contestant would be, like, spoken to by the producers, and then they would, you know, have them spend the next day and a half or so, 
Uh, apparently, everybody was very graceful about being eliminated. Good that everybody left with grace and nobody threw up a fuss. Yeah, and that is really their bodies. And then uh, a neat, well, not neat, but like an interesting trivia thing is that the uh, Boston Marathon bombing Ooh. happened the day that Who Done It filled filmed the golf cart explosion. The day they filmed it? Yes. Okay. And uh, they actually allowed the cast to touch base with home. Oh, that's good. Which is usually, it's very rare in a uh, yeah. reality show that the cast are given their cell phones back and allowed to, like, talk to their families for a mm-hmm. moment. And then their cell, cell phones were re-confiscated. Uh, re- yeah, they started playing Angry Birds. Apparently, like, kind of sounds like they would literally kill somebody to play Angry Birds because they get bored. Because when they weren't shooting, they were separated. Yeah. They weren't allowed to just, like, hang out much. Yeah, so no TV. Right. Because they can't have current events going on, so. And uh, Cam and uh, Dana didn't super get along because when she got her second scam scared card, she cried that she'd never see her kids again. And Cam laughed. (laughs) Because, like, they weren't really getting murdered. Yeah. But, I mean, they do a good job of playing it straight in the editing, at least. Yeah. But... Yeah, because you definitely get the feeling that all of these people are, were in some way actors. Because yes. they're able to pull off, you know, some really good, tearful goodbyes. And, like, the the cast is really all in. Like, yes. you see them be like, well, one of you's a murderer. Yeah. So, that, there's some real good stuff in that. And they were apparently all asked if they were willing to be the killer. Oh, cool. For a guaranteed amount of money. Mm-hmm. That was less than what the winner won, but more than a contestant, I imagine, would get. Yeah. So they told Chris the night before filming that she would be the killer. Yeah, and then told her nothing else. And Sherry was a plant. Right, I assume that. Yeah, Sherry didn't know she was coming in to be the first murder. Okay, that makes sense. So uh, I think that leaves us uh, with the big question of, uh, do you think this show should stay doomed? You know, I don't. For the first time in our show, mm-hmm. I think this it would need to be tweaked. Yeah. And it would need some help narratively. I think overall, I, I would love to see a season two of this, but I ultimately understand why we don't. Right. Because I think it would be really tough because you would get people who now know what the show is. Right. So, it like, now you know you're on Who Done It, you're going to approach it differently. Right. And uh, unless they completely change how the show works, and then you take the risk of people being like, well, I like the way they did it before. Um, when Because Cam, Cam did an AMA, and he pitched season two. Right. And his pitch... Was to go for a different tone. Mm-hmm. And was to go for more of a Saw tone where uh, Giles was much less of a character. And that a lot of the instructions were given by Chris over Monitor. Okay. And that The Apprentice was among them. Okay. So, like, the idea that Chris had an apprentice proving themselves. Hmm. Alright. So it would bring Chris and Giles back. Giles in kind of a somewhat reduced role, mm-hmm. but the mythology of the show dictates Giles needs to be there. Gotcha. Okay. And you can change the setting. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I don't think it should be Rue Manor every time. Like, they did, obviously, they did the uh, Tropical Island in the books that oh, came yeah, out. Oh, yeah, right, right. So you could kind of do any... You could just start running through reality show tropes. Well, I think back on my reality show knowledge, and I compare it to the mole. Right. And, like, one of the cool things about the mole is, on that last episode, you see the stakes that the mole had to go through. Where it's like, I knew I had to sabotage this here. Mm -hmm. So, like, when people weren't looking, I was untying knots. Stuff like that. You don't get that payoff here. Which is a huge bummer. Uh, the other thing is, right before we decided to watch this, I was going to suggest a show called Murder in a Small Town X, which yeah. was on Fox, which is very similar, except that the killer is a person in this town, not on the team. So it's a little difficult in that there's like 14 contestants and 25 suspects. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, oh, there's a lot of people to figure to keep track of. Uh, but I thought that show was excellent and it does this thing where it mixes like the reality show with filming stuff. And in the end, you might see us do an episode on it someday. Maybe we'll do an episode on that one too. In the end, I feel like murder in small town X succeeds more in that the killer is in fact a character. Well, in this one, like it's very clear that the killer is not really Chris, right? Like it's very clear that the killer is production Mm -hmm. and that element of it really does hurt this show i i agree so i enjoyed every moment of this show up until it ended and then i was like eh they didn't stick the line the finale itself was just kind of like not great in general now this is the first reality show we've watched where i didn't know the ending yeah this is true you tend to spoil the ending for yourselves usually i this one's a little lighter on research than usual yeah. Because I couldn't do as much research because I wanted to wait until the very end. Yeah. And this is a very interesting time because we're now at a point with reality TV where, like, we kind of all know there's a facade to it. Mm-hmm. So they can lean into the facade. Right. And that's what they do here. And they do a great job. And it's very enjoyable. I just wish it had ended better. Yeah. So as for whether this should stay doomed, I'm going to say... No, this should not stay doomed. No, bring it back. I'd watch it. I'd, if they announced season two, it would be appointment television for me. Yeah, I would love to watch the show. I would watch first it run. live, week to week, because uh, I'd, I'd also assume that they'd learn from their mistakes and it yeah. would be a better show. Uh, I also just want to throw out there uh, four reality shows, all four, no reunion special, which is such a reality show troupe. Trope, none of them have a reality show, like, reunion special. Which is funny, because 51 Minds is one of the companies that did um, Whodunit, and they're best known for the celebrity shows, mm-hmm. which all feature a reunion yeah, show. Yeah, you gotta have To the point where Adriana is watching Rock of Love. Oh, that makes sense now that they're watching Rock of yeah, Love. Yeah, she was just watching a tape they already owned. Uh, okay, that makes sense, that makes sense. So, uh, this is, uh, this is a bit sad, but, uh... We have to leave the uh, reality show plot. Yeah. And there is it sad? Is it? There is are, it? Well, there's so many graves we couldn't find yeah. that we wanted to dig up. The will, the swan. The, well, the swan ran too long. Ran too long. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy we couldn't find. We were desperate for that. I wanted to watch The Family, which was an ABC reality show that uh, remains lost. Yeah. Uh, Who's Your Daddy was on there. Um, trying to think what else. We, we 
we attempted to dig up uh, Battle of the Reality Network stars, and uh, that was found, almost this episode. We found a partial body and was unable to uh, to remove the body. And the pieces that we found were not very yeah, good. Yeah, we, we couldn't put a, put the body back together. We couldn't do a who done it. Uh, so uh, you're welcome, America, because that what we did see was not good. Was not great. Yeah, that was best left buried. Uh, so those are things we looked for. If you have access to these things and would like to share it with uh, the Stay Doomed podcast, where can they contact us? They can uh, tweet at us at Stay Doomed or email it to thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com. So as we close the gates here on the reality show plot, uh, what plot shall we be uh, digging up bodies from next week? We are going to investigate the wild world of adult animation. We will be beginning with the one-episode wonder, Exticles, from the Cartoon Network, from from Adult Swim. Yes. Technically two, but... Two 11-minute episodes that ran in half an hour. Yeah, so together they were half an hour, and I'm super excited to watch Exticles. I'm super excited to watch something short. Yes, exactly. Boosh! Very excited. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay doomed.